0: Welcome to the Talent Rebel cast. My name is Elin Bailey and along with me is my co-host, Tracy Parsons. Tracy and I have been getting together for what seems like forever now to, well, should chat about talent. One day after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's press record. And that's how we got here. We hope you'll listen in and find this a little bit fun, interesting, and just the teeniest bit inspiring. So without further ado, let's get this party started.
1: good morning Alin. how are you today and i've, I've got the I, kathleen turner i'm getting over a cold so i've got the i've ooh, got the deep husky today he got the husky raspy you want know,
0: to know what's so sad is i feel like there's a whole generation of people who are listening to this we were like <laughs> the what the kathleen who
1: yeah. chandler Bing's dad
0: yeah oh god <laughs> they don't even get that they might. So I'm telling you they might Do you really because think our like, audience is that young come on how about I put it this way? I'm not so sure. I would say our audience is that young. I might say we have gotten that mature. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't, I'm not sure I see the difference there, but okay. Okay. Okay, We'll well, go with it. We'll go with it. I'm just trying to, you know, out there. (laughs) I know. I purposely didn't ask you how your day was because I already know.
1: Oh yeah. It yeah. was so delightful. And it already is, I mean, it's off to a great start. Yesterday was a shit show and today seems to be the sequel. <laughs> I love this. I love this because I don't love that you
0: had a shit show day. That sounds bad. But I love that you're so honest about it. God, that sounded horrible. I love this. I love that your day sucks. No, no, no. Congratulations on your shit show day. <laughs> no. What I wanted to say was I love that you're so transparent and honest about the fact that some days just suck. Ass. I mean, it's yeah. just bad. And I completely get it. This, this, um, I think where you're at right now is a fabulous conversation for us to have with our with our audience today. I agree. I love the way you said it earlier, where you said, this is why nothing ever freaking gets done. Uh-huh. Right? Right. Yeah. So what is it? Tell me, what is it? Okay. Why,
1: why, <sighs> Tracy, does nothing ever get done? There are too many egos. And power struggles and opinions that are antiquated and wrong that are baked in a lack of trust and faith in workers and humanity is the reason that nothing gets done. So the, there are there are hiring managers and leaders and decision makers in the C-suite and below that are writing checks for HR tech systems and consultants and employer brand work, and none of them trust the candidate or the employee to know what the fuck they're talking about, to know what the fuck they know, and they don't trust them. They all think they're trying to pull the wool over each other's eyes. And guess what? That makes them make bad decisions and put bad processes and experiences in place because they don't trust the end user. And because their ego is so big that they think they're the only ones that know the master list of skills in the world.
0: I, it, it's true. I, I think this is this is the um, the problem statement of our generation when it comes to work. At the end of the day, we have a trust deficit that yes. is humongous. Somehow, and and I don't know what I mean. There's probably a lot of anthropology and psychology around how this happens, but at some point, people get to a point within their careers where they absolutely believe that they are where they're at because. They knew something everybody else didn't know and everybody else was wrong. And they approach every situation as if they are trying to debunk somebody else's fallacy rather than approach it from the perspective that says, hey, This is something maybe is a different perspective, or I haven't learned this before. I don't know what this is. Talk to me about how this works, right? Everything is approached from the perspective that the other person is trying to fool you or is somehow making it up or is somehow not accurate. I think this is why inclusion and diversity doesn't work. I think this is why we can't do internal mobility. I think this is why. We keep asking the questions, why is nobody listening to the fact that we have talent gaps and talent problems across our organizations and why aren't they doing something about it? I think this is why we have um, battle lines between IT and HR over who owns systems. Every root cause business challenge that we face that prevents us from being able to cross the finish line with stuff ends up coming back to people inherently are not trusting each other. It's past trust. They don't respect each other. They just assume
1: everybody else is full of shit or dumb or both. It's really frustrating to me because I, you know, if you were following me on Twitter yesterday, you know that there's this ongoing saga of me working with a customer full of mansplainers. And they really don't like when I answer the question with technical acumen, because believe it or not, you guys, I write code like I know what I'm doing with ones and zeros might not seem like it. You might let the sunny disposition go. She couldn't possibly know where to put things in a, in a code base. Oh, but I do. And I will explain something and then they will question it. And then my male counterpart will explain it repeatedly saying, as Tracy said, and then as soon as it comes out of a mouth that doesn't have boobs, it holds water. And right. it's 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 a really frustrating experience, but it, it boils down to that fact. It's beyond that, right? So it's you're right. It's why diversity and inclusion doesn't work as it should because there's this inherent lack of trust because we have all of these biases, and it's frankly why we can't get remote hybrid work working because people don't trust not seeing their employees. Like right. there is this inherent lack of trust, right? And I am over it. I am I am so. Over it, I am beside myself. And this complete lack of trust and ability
0: to look at an individual and assume both good intent and knowledge is breaking us. Right. We, we cannot we cannot move forward. So this is so if everybody wants to know now, I know I'm going back on the same conversation that we always go back on. But to me, this is quintessentially at the root of what everybody's calling the great resignation, the realignment, sure. the et cetera. Everybody. Right. Who is tired of having to deal with the shit is raising up their hands and saying, fuck you. I know when and how to work. I know what I'm responsible for. I have skills and capabilities. Please trust me to execute them and treat me like a freaking adult. How am I supposed, I mean, think about it. How badly do we make people feel in the workplace? And what is the downstream social implications of that by the time they go home and how shitty do they feel about themselves? We just treat people like shit we lose all self-esteem for each other. I, I, and and it just makes me mad. I'm ranting, but it makes it, me
1: mad. It, but it is incredibly frustrating. This is the core problem and because it is this lack of trust, it could be ego driven, it could be anything. but this is but but on the flip side, so I think there's two things happening here that I want to get out of my brain. One is you mentioned the anthropological implications of this like what what happened. I think it is because organizations part with money. To their people. Yeah. So they're they're paying them money and they feel like that they have to give value. But I'm here to tell you that the manager who pushes back on internal mobility or pushes back on your slate of candidates or pushes back on wanting to see more people, that person ain't writing nobody's goddamn check. Right. That's so right. it has nothing to do with them. This is nothing coming out of their their pocket. And so but they still take that ownership like that is something coming away from them. So that's one point that, so I think that there's something there that they associate money and their skin in the game. Something is happening. Mm. there. With no, right? I want to get hold that one. Go. I want to go okay. back to it. No, okay, go ahead. Let's talk about that.
0: OK, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's basic human nature around control and power. Okay. I think it is um, the same issue. Remember that, um, and I'm going to, I know it's a famous study and I should know it off the top of my head, the name of it, but remember the study they did with prisons and they took, you know, just general people and they did the study and they said, you get to be a prisoner and you get to be a guard and they tracked behavior. um, And what happened and what, what they saw was huge amounts of abuse of power. This immediate sense that the people who were thought they were the guards were better than those who weren't. And it resulted in control behaviors It resulted in abusive behaviors. It was a really interesting study. But basically what it said was, is when you take a society of people, right, a group of people, there's a hierarchical framework to it. And the hierarchy is based on the idea that in order for me to be better than you, I have to assume, or in order for me to be in charge, I have to assume I'm better than you. And if I have to assume I'm better than you, then I have to, and I have any self-confidence issues of my own, then I have to figure out ways to put you down and to create a way in my mind to justify the fact that you are not as worthy as I am. And so you get all these middle managers who are, causing the gap problem right in the middle for us and because they're having all these self-esteem issues being pushed down from above right all these leaders who are treating them like shit so they can feel better so they push it on down it's the reason why bullies are bullied at home so they bully at school
1: so they bully the kid right it's that same we just okay nobody breaks the the cycle Here's the problem. And the cycle is being broken right now because nobody wants to work for any of these motherfuckers. This is what I'm saying. This is why the whole system is broken. All of this is happening. And again, yesterday was a shit show. Today's the sequel. And all I am all I am coming down with is the fact that the reason that nothing gets done in our space is because of a fear of shit. all the shit managers that are out there. We don't want to piss them off. Why are we kowtowing to these bad managers? Because yesterday I left this meeting and immediately went to have a beer because that was the only right. logical next step after a two-hour flogging, was to have a beer. And I I looked at I looked at my notes and I was like, holy shit. I could legitimately go to the leaders of this company and say, you could remove this entire team because I could automate their jobs completely with my software. They don't realize how. Asking you to automate their job could cost them their job. So what do so you do with that, that? Well, what am I doing with that? I'm not going to say. Well, no, I know, but <laughs> I,
0: mean, I, I, I wasn't asking you specifically what you were doing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you, you're tell. not here
1: first. No, I'm I, not. I mean, no, that's not happening. But I'm no. just. My, my point is, is that we are living in constant fear of these bad manager bullies. Yeah, and we are not pulling the trigger now. I will. I'm going to poke a hole in your guard prisoner. Okay, scenario. A hole in it. Okay, good. So that makes sense. There's logic there. That research is apples to apples when it comes to the work environment. So when somebody gets into a managerial state, a status, that means that they are in a guard versus prisoner. Boy, oh, boy, <laughs> that's illustrative. But I am. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! <laughs> it does not hold water. You're, you're illustrating why we have such problems with candidate experience, because these hiring managers think that they're trying to hire more prisoners. Oh my God, this analogy is killing me. They're trying <laughs> to hire more prisoners to work for them. And the, and the candidates are like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not down. This is illuminating that that mindset is failing us Hugely failing us, hugely failing us. So I'll break it here. um,
0: Maybe first I'm working on something because I'm getting ready to go um, do a presentation next week at um, a business transformation conference, which a whole bunch of ops managers, not kind of our TA people, have a new audience of folks. And I was trying to break down in a simple way how I could explain to them what people are really looking for, right? what is this really all about? And I built a, I'm playing with a formula right? So I'll throw this out. You can tell me what this formula starts to look like. So I said, listen, at the end of the day, there are two elements to this. There is what you give somebody. We're used to that, right? You do work. I give you this. And we've always made that about pay. I give you, and by the way, pay, super important. I will pay you prisoner (laughs) for your time and effort, right? But the problem is, is that I'm growing increasingly uncomfortable with this analogy. I know, I know. The worker is now looking up and saying, okay, pay is not enough for me. I also need to have, I want to be able to feel like I'm doing something of value to the world or to myself that has some sort of resonance and purpose. And then I also, there's a third piece of this, want to be able to know that I am getting something that is transferable past when I'm here with you. That's all that personal growth stuff. How do I, what skills do I learn? What do I get that makes me, more marketable in the world. Now pay is pay, purpose, and personal growth. I have to have all yep. three of those. Yep. But it gets multiplied by what's going on in your organization. Do you provide flexibility? Is it real flexibility? Is it flexibility that comes with flexibility plus autonomy, which means I allow flexibility, but I also trust that you know how to use it, right? Like, I'm not gonna look at you and go, it's flexible on Tuesdays on thursdays we're unflexible on thursdays you must sit in this cube on tuesdays you can do whatever you want but that way i know at least i get you know that's my no no that's not that's not flexible hybrid bullshit no whatever okay so flexibility plus real autonomy plus the company has to have some stability to it right right are you normal (laughs) Right. Or are you like freaking and reorganizing every other two days? Right. Uh Or are you going to blow out um, on your next kind of big piece? So people are looking for pay, purpose and personal growth times flexibility, autonomy and stability. However, we've got this middle layer, this manager level who's going out and hiring people. And Uh their view of what they're looking for is prove to me. It immediately starts with this. Prove to to me me. That you are worthy
1: of my shit job. Right. And they're getting really mad that candidates are saying, prove to me that you're worthy of my time. That's and right. my skills. That's right. And we're getting to this inflection point yep. where, I'm going to be honest, I started pulling the data. Yep. For, for this quarter, I started looking at the data already. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's, it's gotten a little bit better from summer, but they're still
0: pissed. And here's the deal. Here's what I think is going to happen. Right. I think that the uprising is now going to start to happen in a way people are not anticipating. You are right. Okay. There is a, I have a, um, let's say somebody I know really well um, who owns a real estate company. Uh, They buy commercial properties and et cetera, and was debating with me about um, how important it was and how excited he was to get all of his workers back in the office right? Because that's what they really, really wanted. He knew that's what they wanted and they wanted to be there. I was like, I don't, I I don't think are that. you sure? Are you sure? But okay. But here's what I think it's is, he said, well, even if they don't, and even if they choose to quit now, they're going to come back because they have to get a pay, like somebody, they, I am like everybody else and somebody's going to have to get paid them and people need money at the end of the day. And I was like, hmm. So I thought about that for a while. And I said, oh no, no, this is what I think is going to happen. I think everybody's, are going to get a misnomer and believe things are back up on the upswing because people are going to start accepting jobs, even if they're bullshit jobs. The difference is their mindset around those jobs is completely different. It is, this is a bullshit job and I am not choosing to invest any real energy in it. And it's temporary in my mind. It is until I get something that does meet what I'm looking to do. So you got all these people who are out there in the marketplace and yeah sure they've got to make ends meet and they'll figure out a way to do it but it's not going to be this nirvana that all these work these workplaces think it's going to be where everybody's going to come back and shift and shuffle to their job the idea that everybody's calling this the reshuffling i think is bullshit. it's bullshit we're momentary
1: still, reshuffle we're we're still seeing an uptick in we're still seeing an uptick in new business small business creation So last year was a 24% lift from year on year that it's, it's continuing in that trajectory. So people are, Mm -hmm. so people are opting out. They, I, I saw data, I think it was from the Atlantic. It might not have been the Atlantic, but it was one of those highbrow pubs, you know, (laughs) (laughs) one one. one of the smarty pants pubs, they fancy. It was essentially a lot of it was retirement. So, so a lot of, I think it was of the 7 million lost jobs, Recently, like people, 7 million people that opted out, not lost jobs, lost workers, 7 million people are opting out. Five and a half were retirements or early retirements.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So we're finally getting to the point where the baby boomers are like, fuck this, which by the way, ha, yay, maybe we'll get mm-hmm. some shit done. I know, just saying, like, you know, and and, then a a bunch of uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the average age from my flogging meeting yesterday was about 74. Um, But anyway, I digress. And um, I, I don't mean to be ageist by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a moment in time when retirement has to happen. And it is happening right now. So that that's a thing. But I'm I'm seeing a lot of people who are just, you know, investing in their side hustles. So I think you're on to something. I think that we will probably see I think we're going to still see people quitting jobs in record levels. I feel I still think we're going to have a lot of open jobs, more open jobs than humans open to work. And I think you are a 100% spot on that we're going to see a major dive in productivity because nobody gives a shit about your pencil manufacturing, right? Or whatever it is that you're making. And whatever it is you're making them do, they're going to be like, okay, I'm going to show up. Thanks for the money, but fuck right off. I'm going to show up. Thanks for the money.
0: And um, I'm going to start working on my side hustle. And I'm going to work on that until I can build up. Here's what's interesting. As you said that, I immediately thought, This is all now start to become a self-fulfilling prophecy for these stupid ass managers who were afraid that if I gave people flexibility and the autonomy to use it, that they would not work on my stuff and I wouldn't get the value out of them, right? Uh And so because I fought this for so long and created such an environment of distrust and like disrespect, they're looking at me and now they're saying, well, fuck you. That's exactly what I'll do. I'm not going to, I'm going to do what I want to do under my time and I'm going to do it anyway. Now you're not going to get all of me because now you've now you've um, now you've treated me with a level of disrespect that says I no longer respect you enough to give you what I promised. So there you go, guys, you got exactly what you wanted. And so you can continue to sit up there and to mansplain your shit and to act like you know exactly what's going on and everybody else is
1: stupid. But it's, you know, jokes on you. It, it is. And it's it's never going to end. And but all of this is starting to like talk about side hustles. And, and, and Lynn, you know, like I'm always walking around lighting fires, but you guys will be able to buy some stickers in my new Etsy store next year to give these managers gold stars. And I'll I'll send out a link when it's ready. It's pretty brilliant because I think that the average, I'm telling you, the average recruitment marketing employer brand consultant is fed up. We keep telling these great brand stories and we keep attracting these great people to your companies that your managers continue to chase off. And there's no amount of brand and marketing that is going to cover up the fact that you have people in your organization that are making decisions to chase humans off. Exactly. And so at what point does it start
0: to feel morally repugnant to try and build a brand story for something that you know is not going to end up being true for people? I mean, yeah. you have a moment where you're like, I can't I can't do this anymore. I, I can't take somebody who's really good and, and valuable And sell them this bill of goods when, although I think that's the intent, I know that the managers are going to go work for or the business group that they're going to be in or et cetera, it's going to end up not valuing who they are and treat them like shit and they're going to be miserable at the end of
1: the day. Which I would like to be very, very abundantly clear. I do not believe all managers are terrible. I believe that there are managers out there that are remarkable people that do enter every day with good intent and goodwill and really try to grow their talent. I've met them. They're amazing. They're amazing. And And it feels like if we could have a cloning machine to clone those personalities, we would get our way out of this. So it begs the question of why are we not training this behavior into... Our managers to help them let go of their ego, to help them let go of their and build those trust skills so that they do have a better approach to their talent. But instead, we let the bad ones, the 20% of managers that are just awful, run roughshod over the whole company.
0: I don't know. I think it's a really good question because, you know, having been involved um, for years in various different initiatives to train managers or to prepare managers to, you know, be good managers. Right. Yeah. L&D has been doing this for years, coming up with another manager ramping program. And it inherently doesn't. I mean, it, yes, it, it helps some. But for the most part, it doesn't achieve this grand result that we're all looking for. It never has. Why not? What's, but what's I, the I agree. Because would I be too pessimistic if I said that 20% is just the price we pay to be human beings? There's always going to be 20% of people
1: who just suck at life. And we just need to get better at firing them quicker. Maybe. I think that might be a solution. But I also, you're right, that might be the cost of doing business, that we're going to have 20% of the team of of managers, the group of managers that are just not equipped or they're not great people managers. Right. So that's, that's one possibility and one question. But my question is, why do we let them dictate the terms of service?
0: Why do we let because the 20% promote, of that? Is, that's, that's exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. We take that 20% and we reward that behavior Because you end up in higher and higher positions. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call it out straight. I sat down today from a previous company that I worked for, which shall not be named, and um, saw the VP list that came out and just about barfed all over it. It was like, just stupid ass people. But this is exactly what we do. We look at, because those people who are behaving badly and et cetera, are also, they, they're two-faced. On the other side of their face, they're behaving. They, are, they know how to sell in a different way. They're manipulative um, in ways that is not valuable at the end of the day. Um, and to a certain degree, they are seen as, by those who are in the leadership position, as preventing things from getting out of hand because they keep, they tamper down, they tamper down the ruckus, right? You may not get much innovation out of them, but you also don't get a huge amount of ruckus coming out of them because basically they scare the They keep everything. They, they, they hold it all down.
1: They put a lid on it. They put a lid on it. Thank you. Well, they lid on again, yep. that, I, 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 the, the past week has shown me anything. It's that, that, that approach is why we will continue to have problems in recruiting and talent acquisition and why Absolutely. we will have very hard times getting anything around things like mobility and things that are things like diversity and inclusion that, that we're going to have a really hard time getting anything of merit that will make working at, going to work better for actual human people this is the reason why it's not working this is why it continues to not work and we don't seem really interested in doing anything about it like i was thinking back to my time on firing squad and and i think chad asked me what what i thought the biggest threat was and i was like oh competition he's like no you the biggest threat is that you know nobody does anything in this industry and i was like jesus christ you're right right <laughs> well i missed that one um <laughs> Okay, good call. And I, but I didn't, I didn't realize that. It goes deeper than that. So, I think that the people in our industry really do want to get things like mobility done. They want a better experience for people. Like, people go into HR because they are in TA because they want to, like, they love the feeling of hiring somebody. Like, they love the feeling of giving somebody that job and the experience of, like, offering them a job and and getting them excited about that. Like, that's what I love about what I do, right? I love that but we don't seem to be able to do the things because of the ruckus from that 20%, right? That 20% is scaring our TA and TM and HR leaders from doing anything different because if you stand that up, they're just trying to get a new job. Or if you stand that up, you're going to maybe not hire the best people. Or if you do that, like, They've absolutely fear-mongered our, and it's not our industry. It's that 20%. It's Lord of the Flies. It's Lord of the Flies. Color me frustrated this week, y'all. Color me frustrated. I know. And I would love it if... My heart breaks for all of our TA leaders dealing with that 20%.
0: Oh my God. Right? So tired of it. So yeah. tired of it, and I don't know yeah, how yeah. we address it, right? I mean, I come up with all sorts of billion ideas in the back of my head, like things like, "Oh, let's let's go off and let's let's ad- let's address it from around a different angle. Let's look at a different audience. Let's mm-hmm. let's approach it with a different value proposition. Let's, um, do but at the end of the day, that twenty percent is it's like quicksand.
1: They just suck out oh, all this- the joy. Pulling us down. And the other thing I will say is that my way around this lately has been a very brusque and transparent response that opens with, I say this with peace and love, (laughs) (laughs) but you're going to lose them anyway. I'm so sorry to tell you that you don't own talent. You don't own the people on your team. That is a relationship of ownership that does not exist in work. This is, that was used when we had the slave trade, like you don't own people. Nobody owns that relationship. Stop thinking that way. These are, these are people that have goals of their own. And if you are preventing them from achieving those goals, they are going to walk away from you. And that is a choice that you are making with peace and love.
0: Peace and love. I have this to say. Peace and love we have peace and love there is a reason why um the peasants overtook the nobles right there's a reason why all those castles in europe are crumbling to the ground yeah get over it guys
1: i mean you're it's, not it's done you're not in charge yeah <sighs> you might think you're in charge but you're not in charge but not. Again, they are fucking in charge because they're the ones yes. preventing us from doing anything so <laughs> god damn it
0: No, you know what? Here's the deal. No, no, but here's the deal. I think this is the right time to have this conversation because they are only in charge for as long as we let them be. I mean, I gotta say this. It is up to all of us to call bullshit every time we see it. We have to make it change, take basic change management. Change only occurs when change is less painful than what would happen if you didn't change. So those leaders above who have to get rid of that 20%, Until it's more painful for them to have to deal with the rest of us rabble rousing around them and causing all sorts of chaos and taking up their time with, you know, meetings to discuss the problem and let's discuss the challenge over here, right? Until that happens, we don't get rid of that twenty percent. I'm aware, but but that's unfortunate because that also means all of Mm -hmm. us have to become big, huge risk takers and say, "Screw you, world!" and shake some shit up. Which you know, that's that's how we do. That's how we do. That's why we're part of the Rebel shake Alliance. It. Don't shake the baby. Don't anyway, sh- oh my god. Shake, the baby. shake the baby. No. You never shake the baby. You can baby. shake the <laughs> You can shake the tree, but you can't shake the baby. Don't okay. shake the baby.
1: Don't I am unhinged, everybody listeners. Oh my thank god. Thank you for bearing with me. I am I this is know. Unhinged Friday with Tracy. Thank you so much. I love it. That's fabulous. Well, Miss Tracy. <laughs>
0: people want to get a hold of you and want to give you condolences or give you good ideas on how to hide the bodies. They should reach you at T Parsons, correct? All all day at T Parsons, find me on LinkedIn. Yes. (laughs) Excellent. And um, anybody have any good ideas on how to eventually change the world of work? I want to hear from you. Reach out to um, Adeline Bailey. I would like to listen and hear what you have to say. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff. And, They can go to our website. Yes, at 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 talentrebelalliance.com, right? Absolutely. They can not only go to our website, but let's just say it's Friday and you're listening to the pod or it's Wednesday or, you know, your day sucks. Go talentrebelalliance.com, hit the playlist. We have a Spotify playlist on there. Add to it. Give us your best rabble rousing song. Let's get ourselves all motivated to go. Absolutely. Awesome. We will talk more, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed yourself. The Talent Rebel cast is part of the Talent Rebel Alliance. It's a movement connecting strong, independent, bossy, and well, sometimes feisty women in the talent industry. Together, we're on a mission to grow our ideas, our presence, our value, and our impact. Smart women connecting with smart women to support each other. It's as simple as that. We believe big things happen from simple ideas. If you want to join the Talent Rebel Alliance, come on over and check out our website at talentrebelalliance.com. We hope to hear from you soon. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging.